Hello, I'm Scott Interante, and this is a special bonus episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. Normally, I invite on a musician, writer, actor, comedian, producer, or someone else I just think is cool to talk about their favorite song and why they love it. But today I wanted to dig into something a little different. As this episode is released January 31st, 2022, it is the 10th anniversary of indie icon Mitski's first album, Lush, which she recorded and self-released in 2012 while in college. I spoke with Mitski herself for a regular episode of this podcast, which will come out next week following the release of her sixth studio album, Laurel Hell. But I wanted to go back to where she started because I think it's a great album and also because, frankly, I was a small part of making it. So to help me look back, reflect, and hopefully provide some interesting insight and behind-the-scenes stories on what it was like making Lush, I am joined by recording engineer and producer Scott Moriarty. Thanks for asking me, buddy. Yeah, it's it's always great to see you. Yeah, yeah, same. And I figure we can just start with a little bit of context. So the, the three of us, yourself, myself, and uh, Mitski, we were all at SUNY Purchase College. Yes, when did you and her start working together? Because you were working far before I got involved in any way. It was probably sometime in the second-ish month of the f- of the first semester I was there. So that was 2010, probably sometime in October. I don't know. Did you guys kind of click musically pretty pretty early on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, my experience was that like she was obviously talented, so. I was just like, yeah, like, let's give this a shot. And she kind of didn't really totally know exactly the direction she wanted to go in or like what she wanted to do. So when we started, it was just Liquid Smooth and Pearl Diver and we recorded them on piano and then her vocals. And then from there, we kind of just like dove in and she really dictated most of the direction of where the songs were going to go. And I'd put in my ideas or not really ideas even. I would just like, she would say, I want to do this. And I'd be like, well, why don't we try this? And you know, she knew she wanted like strings and she would always do like tons of vocal arrangements and stuff like that. She had a pretty good idea of like what she wanted for harmonies most of the time or pretty much all the time. She would have like a vision and I would try my best to facilitate it. Uh, you know, because we were all in school, we were all just like, this is what we were yeah. just doing all the time, right? I mean, you and I worked on a bunch of different projects together. Yep. And so the sense wasn't like, oh, I have this album that I want to record. It was more just like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I've got some songs. And then at a certain point, there were enough songs to say, I'm going to put this out as an album or whatever. Yeah, it was just those first two songs. And then I don't remember what came after that specifically might have been brand new city because that was like a specifically like i want to try a rock type vibe with these kinds of influences Mm. so well i remember the first time i met her or got involved because it was similar you and i didn't really know each other that well we we had a mutual friend geo who now you know the three of us do the these christmas albums together every year yeah But I remember, you know, I was sort of doing some string and woodwind arrangements with stuff with Geo that I think maybe you guys were even working together on. Yeah, that, that record. Point. Yeah, yeah. And then you had mentioned that you were working with this girl and and she also wanted some string stuff. So you kind of I got looped in and I remember going up to um, Green Room. So it was this recording studio on the third floor of the music conservatory and it was kind of late at night. And I walk in and all of the lights are off. <laughs> and and you and Mitzi are sitting there. Was this the first time there. you met her? 
This is the first time I met her. I don't remember. I don't really remember this. It's the perfect <laughs> scenario because so I walk in, all the lights are off. You guys are in the middle of listening to whatever version of the mix of Liquid Smooth that you have at that point. And then, you know, we sort of politely introduce our, each other. She plays back the song. She says, like, I want strings. And this was how it was every time I worked with her. It was like she knew exactly what she wanted. Right. And exactly where it should be, right? So she said, I want strings to come in at this point and they're going to do this. And as you played the song back, she's saying the the string line, like exactly how that. it ended up being. That makes total sense. And that sounds exactly like something she would do. But I literally don't have any recollection of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I said, yeah, we, we can definitely do that. And, and I do want to shout out the string players that played uh, both on Liquid Smooth and Eric which was Maria Hadge on the cello, Travis Riley on viola, and then violins, Lily Holgate, Sarah Wolf, Mike Mandarin. I think there may have been a different combination on Liquid Smooth and Eric. I can't remember who played on which one. Yeah, but either. just to, to give them their due. Yeah. But yeah, I remember we just sort of got them all together and I came in with a few different versions of the arrangement, essentially just like different levels of, of chords and harmonies underneath the, the melody that she had said and then for the rest of the song. And I think maybe you remember this, we did two versions of Liquid Smooth. One is, I believe the song is in C minor. We did a version that's like just them playing in C minor. And then we did a version where I had them tune their instruments down a whole step. Okay. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> Was this I'm a discussion pretty... down in the in the bowels of uh, the Studio B rehearsal room? And I might have been up in my little yes. tower. So yeah, so we had them tune their instruments down and then essentially play it like it was in a key higher, which gives it like a kind of darker, more Baroque sound. And I think that's the version we ended up using. Okay. I can't be positive. Yeah, I don't, maybe Mitski would remember that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I had talked to her before we did this and she didn't realize it was the 10 year anniversary. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure she remembers either. <laughs> Now, I mean, you and I have both done a ton of other things. You especially, you know, continue to produce. You produce probably, what, 100 records over the past 10 years? I don't, I'd, have to, I'd have to look at It's probably more than that. It's been a lot. And, and I would say produce is light, like a light term for mostly engineering with, like, a little bit of producing. Yeah. Well, sure. But, but you've worked on a lot of things. Absolutely. This yeah. is one that has become something that people listen to and care about right but at the time yeah, we yeah. were just like well at the time doing a bunch of different things at the time it's like obvious you know now people listen to her and they go well she's amazing and i remember being in like a rehearsal room at purchase when she was like hey how are you when we met and then she's like plays me these two songs like what's smooth and pearl diver and being like holy shit you know just like right <laughs> it's so apparent how crazy talented you know, she is and how good her voice is. So I was like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's work together if you're down for it. And it works. I don't remember when I started saying it, but at some point I was, I was just like, I think she's going to be 
I think I said something like as big as Amy Winehouse, because one thing that was sort of like apparent when we started working together that we had in common, because I had just gotten sober and I was like, I want to get in the fucking studio and work, work, work. I want to take advantage of these two years I have here. And she had the same drive. Like it was like, I'd worked with some other people and people would like be late for the sessions or they would cancel them and stuff. She never canceled a session. She was never late for a session ever that I can remember. And she always showed up and wanted to get shit done. So like, I felt like if anybody was going to be successful that I knew from school, it was going to be her mainly because of, I mean, the combination of her talent and and really the drive because- You know, as well as I know, being into this like 10 years that like to do anything in the music industry, you have to be like consistently fucking hustling and it takes a long time. Right. And maybe my opinion is a little biased based on the fact that I spent a lot of hours for many semesters working on these songs and this record with her. So I got to know her like to an extent that but based on also my you know, almost 10 years of working on records at, at this point, I know that there was something about the way she expressed whatever, like love, or I think she used to put it like something like if she didn't keep doing music, she would go insane type of thing. I think that she just like, right, sort of always knew this was it. And she was going to like die trying, so to speak. I don't know. A lot of people in their early 20s, like don't have that specific kind of like, wherewithal i don't know if that makes any sense yeah totally totally so the the other two that i worked on were eric and pearl diver pearl diver we did the brass i'll shout out those musicians as well um that was emma zager playing trumpet tom McHugh playing trombone and kim spagnola playing french horn well did a great job And then Eric, I think, is actually probably my favorite song on the record. Same. I love that song. It's a great, great production. I love, there's like a screwdriver noise in the background. There's all kinds of stuff, yeah. All kinds of stuff. And I think it all sits really well. I think that one holds up maybe the best. Production-wise, that is my, I think, like the best mix on the record for me that I've listened to. And I go, man, I'm really proud of this still. I also think it's my favorite song. I may par- maybe partially because of that feeling about the mix, but I just like the vibe of it. It's like got her typical, not typical, yeah. but like, you know, signature, like sort of dark and moody type of sound. I remember specifically because we had done everything on piano at that point because that was her instrument. And she started playing Eric on the the roads that we had in Studio A at right. the school. And we both were like, we should record it on that. And that's what ended yeah. up being what we used. Yeah, again, I don't remember the exact order of things. And we, she kind of built out a production or like a, an arrangement around it, which included your strings and stuff. But yeah, she we recorded her like slamming like the piano keys lid down a bunch of different times. We did a bunch of takes yeah. of that. Um, she, and like other little things with her like playing with the piano strings. And it might have been, what's his, what's his name that? Uh, I forget his last name, but Pete who played upright bass oh alinchu yeah yeah i believe he played upright bass on on that song too and uh yeah again you know she had all these vocal arrangement ideas one of which was like that like synth that's like or whatever yeah that starts out as a synth and then it turns into her voice at some point
uh, you've mentioned Brand New City a few times. That one I think is cool. Um, Real Men, I I love. I think that song is incredible. Brand New City, she had wanted again to try like a, a kind of a rock type of thing, a fuzzy rock type of thing. And like one of her influences for that was um, the Yeah 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 ZP Is Is. She wanted that kind of like drum sound, like very roomy. Right. I remember I borrowed somebody's like Gallon Kruger bass head to get like a fuzzier bass tone. And like, I think we used maybe uh, this Marshall head that my buddy had to like get the heavier rock tone. And I'm pretty sure Will Prinzi played all of the guitar and bass on that, who I believe played everything on uh, the next record and maybe Bury Me. Or did they, at that point, like... I think that would have been later, yeah. I I, I think at least retired from okay. sad, yeah. Real Men, she kind of wanted, like, a, a an interplay between, like, the bass and um, piano. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, in- interlocking rhythmic parts. Yeah, Brandon Caricelli play the drums on i think pretty much all the songs that there are drums on yeah um and he's incredible when i listen to that song honestly there was just things that I like you know my knowledge base at the time like i just don't think that the bass is powerful enough in that song even though right. the song's still great it's just you look back on stuff you did years past and there's just things that you always wish you could have nailed a little more Oh, yeah. Another thing, like I said, you know, I was kind of on this first album, just involved on those three songs. I kind of did some arrangement stuff. And this was really the two of you made this whole album. But I didn't know she was changing the spelling of her name until this album came out. Like, I I have a specific memory of seeing the Mitski without the U mm-hmm. and being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know she was going to do that. At some point, she had told me, like, yeah, just spell it that way <laughs> i don't remember exactly what it was or anything because uh she's like everybody always fucks it up anyway or something like that right i think she specifically would say like people would always call her mitsuki and she was like that's not right. how it's pronounced but you know so to just forego that i just started spelling it this way you know do you have any sort of bigger picture reflections on uh this being 10 years old now that means we're old by the way yeah yeah well i was already older than most of the people I went to school with at the time anyway. So yeah. I'm extra old, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, you just kind of show up as best you can at certain points in your life and try your best and uh, hope that it's like something that's worthwhile and um, can't really ever tell the future. Right. Kind of like surreal, I guess, that she's gotten to where she's gotten. Yeah. You never think, oh, this person's going to be a big, essentially a pop star. You know, you think, oh, they'll probably get at least to this much, you know, just with hard work and right. talent. But like, she's gone so much farther than I think most people would have thought. Like, just because most people don't yeah. get to that level. It's just the truth of right. the industry. Right. I don't know. I'm just really happy that it, like I got the opportunity to work with her because she taught me a lot about how to like maneuver around like an artist, how to be somebody who, I don't know, to like help artists feel comfortable. She helped me learn mm-hmm. just like some tools to be i guess the best version of myself or to like the best engineer or whatever i can be because like i'm credited as the producer but again i think that's putting probably more than i should than i personally think i don't know yeah i disagree with that i think the two of you worked for a very long time on these songs and i understand where you're coming from but you were definitely a big part of you know the production you produced these songs yeah i get i get what you're saying 
and then that can mean many different things. But yeah, I mean, so like overall, yeah. I think that I just I'm grateful for the obviously the opportunity and that I think that I'm just very lucky to have been in the right place at the right time, truthfully, because there's no other yeah. reason for any of that happening. You know, my buddy Max was like, you yeah. should meet her. And then I was just like, let's do it. And I think half the reason she worked with me was just because I, I was reliable. Right. Well, that's that's a <laughs> yeah, big yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, we obviously got along, but <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like just grateful that people still listen to these songs. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? Like it's these things that we did. By far the most listened to thing that I have ever worked on. By like <laughs> by a lot. Yeah, and it always comes up, you know, like I I have someone I'm Facebook friends with who I don't I don't even really know like we were on like a Dream Theater message board together 12 years ago or whatever. And we're Facebook friends, and I don't interact with this guy at all. But one time he had um, his, like, Spotify connected to Facebook. So whenever you play something, it would, like, make a post, like, now playing or whatever. I saw he was listening to this album, and I was, like, I had to comment on it. It's like, hey, like, I, like, <laughs> helped, helped make that album in, sure. in college. And it's so weird that you're listening to it. It's like, oh, my daughter's a huge fan, and she turned me on to it and all this kind of shit. And that's yeah, just yeah. cool. You know? It is. It's like people... I know, know her. And when they, a lot of times it'll be people that I know from bands and stuff. And they'll be like, wait, you know, Mitch can't be like, yeah, I worked on a record. And they'd be like, what? You know, like it's lit. It's the right. funny thing and ironic, I guess, too, thing for me is that it's basically not gotten me any work like that credit. <laughs> um, I mean, I mainly work right. in like, you know, metal and hardcore and rock and stuff. But like in 10 years, you'd think one person was like, man. Let's go to him because that Mitski record, not one fucking person. Right. Well, look, that's the real reason we're here. If you are listening to this podcast episode and you want <laughs> Scott Moriarty, producer of Lush, to produce your album, go to his website. Book him right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Come to New Jersey. Sure. Make yeah. it happen. Scott.Moriarty at gmail.com. <laughs> Wow. Okay. We'll put all of that in the show notes. You can check out. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on and talking about this album and uh, for making it. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me or asking to me about it and stuff. It's nice to reminisce. Yeah. And for everyone listening, if you want more Minsky discussion on this podcast, come back uh, next week where she will be on the pod and we'll be talking about her favorite song, the song that makes her scream. This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. And no spoilers, but it's a good pick. So come back, make sure you subscribe and uh, check that out. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at GreatSongPod, that's G-R number eight. You can follow me on Twitter at Interante Scott, that's I-N-T-E-R-R-A-N-T-E. And you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back Wednesday, February 9th with Mitski telling us what song makes her scream, This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. See you then. <laughs>